Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We're back rolling on the Gabe Coon Show. And joining us now via the phone line is Christian Fowler from Bluff City Media and also co-host of the On the Bluff pod with yours truly. He's on Twitter at CFowlerBCM. Christian, what's the word, man? How's your day going? Everything's going good. How's it going for you? Hey man, you good sound Tuesday. a little nasally. You got, you, got a little, you got a little head cold going on? Yeah, I have to apologize for the voice. It's yeah. not great today. Yeah, dude, I, got, I, I have the itis. I had, to do some, uh, I had to do some tasting today in regards to uh, the, the wedding I'm having in seven months. So I am uh, yeah. I'm filled to the brim, How was man. It? It was all right, man. We we ended up booking. We ended up booking, so there is that. So it must have been good enough for roll, me to. What are you rolling with? Uh, a lot of different things. <laughs> There's gonna be a fair things. fair amount of guests at the uh, okay. at the at the wedding. So yeah, we we have a we have a full slate. We have plenty of things to pass around and uh, get get buffet style. So there is that. Now um, I, I want to hop into this. We've talked a little bit of basketball already on the show today, but. I want to get into the uh, football schedule first before we talk about Tigers at Houston. What, what do you think about what, what are your first reactions to the 2023 football schedule? Uh, brutal, not so brutal. What are your thoughts? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't incite much excitement, but, I mean, I think we all kind of knew that going into right. it. Like we know what the conference looks like without Cincinnati and Houston and UCF. So this, is, this just is what it is. I mean – I, you can you can kind of give me your opinion on this, but really the only two games that I think bring a, a decent amount of excitement are the Boise State game because, you know, over the last, what, 10 to 15 years, they've been a pretty solid program. And then uh, Missouri and St. Louis and the hometown of one Gabe Coon. Yeah, um, there we go. Those are, those are really the only ones that I think people will raise eyebrows at. And like I said, it's kind of – that's kind of what I expected. And, yeah, I mean – it is what it is. It is what it is. You can't right. change it. Right. The stretch of Mizzou, Boise State, and Tulane looks bad when you when you look at it on the surface. But having Boise State at home, having Tulane at home certainly helps. Um, and I do like the fact that the the open week, the bye week, comes before that Tulane game. I mean, that makes it more manageable. But I've heard people talking about it being tough. I, I think you know, grand scheme of things, this really is a a eight and four at the least schedule, and and if they don't do that, it feels like you're you're underachieving. You might you might be regressing in in a way. I'm a hundred percent with you on that because the three game stretch you mentioned and SMU seem to be. I'm not going to say they are. Obviously, the season's a long way away, but those seem to be really the only losable games. I mean, Navy and Temple. 
or both really bad last year. And then when you look at South Florida, Charlotte, North Texas, Arkansas State, Bethune, Cookman, like these are all teams that Memphis should right. beat. And then you've got the stretch of Missouri, Boise State, and Tulane, Missouri. They kind of have quarterback issues. They weren't great this year. They're six and seven. I mean, they're not they're not a good team. Not a great team. No, they were not a good team. I mean, it's it's basically Luther Bolden is what they have. They yeah. lost. Uh, they lost. I think their top two receivers. Obviously, uh, Tulsky Dove is here now, and uh, I don't know why I can't think of his name. That went to uh, that went to Georgia. My his name slipping me for some reason. Mm-hmm. You know uh, um, um, love it, Dominic. Love it. Yeah, Dominic Lovett. Yeah, so Dominic Lovett at Georgia. So they lost some of their big-time weapons. Uh, just I don't think Missouri is that great. I think they're still at least a couple of years away, depending on recruiting. Uh, Tulane is still a good team, but they are losing some key contributor- contributors. I don't think they're as good as this upcoming season as they were this past season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it should be a, a heavy win year just based on the competition that they're playing. Yeah, and like UAB, Trent Dilfer is coaching them now. Um, when you look at uh, Charlotte, they're going to have Biff Poggy coming in. Uh, right. South Florida, Alex Golish. So there's a lot of new coaches that are that are in the first-year rebuild. So those should be easy wins in the grand scheme of, of what your schedule's looking like. You should have a little bit of carryover. I know you had to hit the transfer portal if you're Ryan Silverfield and, and that staff, but at the same time, uh, you should be able to get into it a lot quicker than those those programs and, and get those wins. I do like though the AAC um, seeing seeing what they did to sort of soften the blow. You get Navy, you get Tulane, you get South Florida, you get SMU at home, and all of all of the incoming teams that you're going to play in this new AAC are generally road games outside of Temple, of course. But but it feels like uh, feels like the blow was softened a tad bit with the AAC sort of blowing up this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's best case scenario for what they have. What do you think about the first two games, Bethune Cookman and Arkansas State? Like, do you wish they would have had a little tougher start, or do you like that they're getting these games out of the way? I'm a firm believer. I like the the thought of a tune up game in a lot of ways. And and Bethune Cookman had the issue with Ed Reed and all the the nastiness around that program. Them not having the upkeep at that university in general. So I feel like. Having that game to sort of get your get the butterflies out and move on. I, I you know going to Arkansas State. I mean, I, I'm not saying that the Tigers will lose that game by any stretch of the imagination. That could be trickier though than it looks like on the schedule. Because last time, if, if we remember, they went up there um, to Jonesboro and and had their had their issues. They got up real big right. early and then then gave up a whole lot of passing yards to James Blackman and then let Arkansas State sort of sneak back in. I but I. You know, with those first two games, I'm fine with them. Um, I, I do like the early season Navy game, getting your getting your first uh, American Conference game out of out of the way relatively early. So, I, first two games, I, I didn't really think that much of. Yeah, I mean, the Bethune Cookman game would have been a whole lot more exciting if Ed Reed was on the sideline. Yeah, it, it would. It would have. Yeah, but he. Uh, you saw his IG live. You saw his Instagram live, though, right? Oh, sort I did. of going after the. The higher ups there, yeah, yeah. as he should have. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Hopefully, it causes some change. They had, you know, weeks and weeks of uh, protests there, so hopefully, something changes there. Now, I'm talking with Christian Fowler from Bluff City Media. Now, on to uh, Tigers basketball. Twenty and seven now. Lost to Houston over the weekend, seventy two sixty four. DeAndre Williams records his thousandth career point with the Tigers. Um, I, this could have gone a whole lot worse. 
I, I mean, that's my first thought. I mean, first half it looked bad. You had 14 turnovers. Houston had a fair, a, a pretty solid lead uh, coming out of the first half. But that was uh, that was an impressive effort, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know fans are not in it for moral victories by any stretch of the imagination, but I will say a close loss against Houston has seemed to do more for this team than the right. you know quad three and quad four wins that they had been picking outside up of a win. This was, that was about as so. good as it could have gone, like from a from a metric standpoint. Absolutely. I mean, you look at Lenardi; he moved them up to a nine seed. Uh, after this, I think he had him as an 11 seed last week. So he they get pumped up two seeds uh, after a really sketchy one point win over UCF and a loss to Houston. So I mean, I know it's not ideal. You would have loved to have a win in the situation. It would have been obviously even bigger than the loss has been. I'm sure they would have shot up even more in the net and the Kim Palm rankings. But I mean, for what? For what the scenario was, no Kendrick Davis, Alex Lomax, and Malcolm Dandridge coming back, obviously after not playing for a while and being rusty, and to be extremely competitive, especially in the second half. I mean, they, DeAndre Williams got it to five points with, I think, three minutes left, and then Jonathan Lawson has the opportunity to bring it to a three-point game and, and kind of misses a transition layup, yeah. and Houston was kind of t- able to take advantage of that. So, I mean, they really brought the game down to the wire, without the best player in the conference. And national media has kind of started to pick back up on this Memphis team. I think we haven't heard much of, much talk about Memphis from a national perspective, really since that Alabama game or just since, uh, since conference play started in general, mainly because they start with the loss against Tulane and then just there aren't many impressive teams in the American this year. So uh, national media hasn't really talked about Memphis much, but then – with the way that they played against the now number one ranked team in the country, people are kind of back on the bandwagon again. Yeah, and I and I completely understand that. Now, real quick before we get to more Memphis stuff, what you, what do you think about that Houston team? I, like my first sort of thought watching them play offensively, they they leave a little bit to be desired. They're not a uh, high tempo team. They don't you know fill it up at a at a ridiculously high level, but they do have some talent. Sasser, Jarris Walker, but defensively, they move their feet just about as good or better than anybody in the country when you're talking about guarding, guarding the perimeter. None of the backcourt, no, none of those backcourt members for the Tigers on the offensive end had any space to get anything done. Yeah, I think Kelvin Sampson's one of the best coaches in the country, uh, just right. hands down. I, think, I, I don't think he gets talked about enough nationally. I mean, you're talking about a Houston team that's pretty much been in the top of the rankings over the past, what, two or three years that they've been top top ten, top five, um, with not extremely high-level, like, five-star talent. And a lot of that credit should be given to Kelvin Sampson. He's an incredible coach, and he's shown that throughout his career. But what I will say is I think Houston is very similar to Tennessee. Uh, like, we, what we've seen from Tennessee under Rick Barnes is they're a really – a really mediocre offensive team, but an incredible defensive team. And it kind of keeps them in a lot of games, Uh, but they do also tend to slip up in some games against the SEC. The SEC is a, you know, has been a better conference than the American. And and I think that's why you see Tennessee pile up more losses than Houston. So I think Houston's a very good team, but I do think they're flawed at the same time, especially offensively. They can go on droughts because Marcus Sasser is really their only true creator. Like you, you mentioned Jairus Walker, uh, you've got Jamal Shedd, Juwan Roberts, so they have they have talent 
uh, Traymond Mark as well. So they have talent, but Marcus Sasser is really their only creator. Obviously, as as the point guard, he's kind of the leader of the team. Uh, but I think they have their deficiencies, and I would I would liken them to Tennessee. Uh, I think that's they're fair. the American version of Tennessee, and they're not all that deep either. And I think that's a very similar sort of uh, look when you talk about uh, them, them compared to Tennessee. Now, um, you brought up Kelvin Sampson and his coaching uh, chops. What do you think about Penny Hardaway in the game plan? He said he needed to junk it up. He junked it up. Now, offensively, still a lot to be desired. You knew it was going to be ugly without Kendrick Davis. But I said earlier in the show that I think that that Penny gets it. I think he's starting to understand, you know, the the situations, the matchups that he's putting himself into. He understood the limitations that his team had going into that game on the road against the number one team in the country. Um, do you think? I mean, we've talked about it, you know, this year a lot, but. It really feels like Penny is is starting to get it fully as a college coach. Yeah, it, it seems like he's starting to come into his own as a college coach, and that that's encouraging. You know, I know there are still things this year have that have been discouraging, and I think a lot of that is just the lack of talent, the lack of overall talent. Obviously, they have the top end talent between Kendrick Davis and DeAndre Williams, but just the depth and the overall team, I don't think is as talented as teams that he's had in the past, but this is still one of the better teams he had because of the coaching job uh, that he's doing. And obviously some, you know, some of the assistants deserve credit as well, bringing in a guy like Frank Hayes. You know, we've talked about that, that move a lot and how big we think it is. And I think yep. we're, we're starting to see the fruit of it more now. Uh, we saw some of that matchup zone and some of that press and a lot of that stuff that I think Frank Hayes helped bring to the table in that Houston game. So I'm with you. I think, you know, I've said it multiple times. I think this is the best coaching job that Penny's done in his career. I think if you give him the exact same circumstances he was facing on Sunday in year one or year two, they probably lose that game by 20, 25 points. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he's just, he's uh, adjusted so much and adapted so much to the college game that now he is able to, even with limitations on a roster, compete with some of the best teams in the country. And he's done that. This season, you know, against Houston, against Alabama, they've been competitive in all those games, and I think I think coaching's a big reason why because it's not like they have you know four or five stars on this team or uh, a ton of guys that are going to go play at the next level. Now that, let's go to the flip side of that. Um, Jeff Goodman over the weekend on Field of Sixty Eight, his podcast that he does with Rob Doster, um, he basically asked the question: Is this what what Tiger fans want? Is you know being on the bubble every year, only one tournament appearance? Um, is this what they signed up for? What, what do you think about him asking that question? Do you think there's validity to it? I mean, I think it's a recycled narrative at this point. I think it's something that a lot of a lot of national media and and some you know some fans and stuff have continued to pour on. It's just like this is just the definition of mediocrity and stuff like that. And and I get the frustration to a point like this has had some of that upper echelon talent and they've had multiple top two, top three recruiting classes and haven't been able to put it together. And I think it was just, I think it was a timing thing, man. I think, I think they got those classes at the wrong time. I don't think they were ready. Uh, I don't necessarily think Penny was ready at that time to have a a top level team. Um, So, I I mean, I kind of, I kind of get it to an extent, but at the same time, I do think it's a recycled narrative. And I think, I think you have to be ever evolving in your assessment of players and coaches in the Agreed. sports world because it changes every single year. And I think, I think it looks like at least Penny is kind of reaching that next level of coaching. And we'll see as time goes on. I mean, time will tell. 
uh, throughout the rest of the season and next season how validated that opinion is. Uh, but to me, it seems like he's starting to hit like a comfort level and he's starting to uh, he's starting to really figure it out. So we'll continue to see down the stretch, but I don't think this is the same Penny Hardaway coach team that we've seen before. I think this is the best coaching job he's done, and that has to be a positive, and I don't think that's a narrative that's been talked about enough. Talking with Christian Fowler of Bluff City Media on the Bluff Pod with yours truly. Now, um, my one question coming out of that Houston game and obviously, we want to know about Kendrick Davis, how healthy he is. Will will he play for the rest of the season? Um, like, I mean, I'm talking next game when they take on Wichita State on Thursday. That That's what you want to know going forward. But what do you think Penny's going to do with Alex Lomax's minutes? He got 29. He was 0 for 7 from the field. He, he outpaced Keontae Kennedy, who has been basically the, the third best scorer on this team, best three-point shooter on this team. So Keontae only had 23. Alex Lomax had 29. Do you think that Penny's going to fall into the the trap of, of playing Alex Lomax for extended minutes? So I, I'm going to preface this with I'm in no way, shape, or form an Alex Lomax hater. I think he's done a Neither lot of great I. things in his career at Memphis, but I think he has to have a specific role to be effective, and him playing 30 minutes and being the primary ball handler obviously isn't it. And we know if Kendrick Davis plays it, that's not going to be the case anyway. So I think with him, you know, struggling offensively on Sunday, playing nearly 30 minutes, I think we have to hope that that's the exception to the rule and not the norm. I okay. think he needs, you know, what, 15 to 20 minutes a game on the high end. Right. Uh, I think he needs to play spot minutes and those be defensive minutes with guys that can score also on the floor where he doesn't have to be relied on as a scorer. Um, because I think his presence defensively, is definitely a big plus for this team. But he can't play 30 minutes and and score zero points and be 0 of 7. And I know some of that can probably be attributed uh, to the rust of not playing for a while and coming off the groin injury, and that's a lot of minutes to play coming off of a groin injury. But, but still, I think he has to be mixed in to a certain extent. I don't think he should be outpacing Keontae in minutes by any means or Elijah McCadden. I think those guys have solidified themselves as the third and fourth most important player on this team and I think it should stay that way so I think I think there has to be a defined role for Alex that isn't playing 20 plus minutes a game all right last thing for Christian Fowler guest from Bluff City media um holler at me last three game last three games outside of Houston I should say before that March 5th home game um Wichita State Cincy SMU if they go three and oh in those games do you think they are a tournament bound team think they're in right I think that I think I think that's it's pretty straightforward at this point like I mentioned they're you know nine seed right now I've seen some people uh, have them as a 10 seed so right there in the last four buys and those three games they I believe they'll be projected according to basketball power index at least they're projected to win all three of those games uh Wichita State on the road Cincinnati uh, at home and SMU on the road we obviously know SMU is a pretty winnable game and they've already beaten the other two teams if they win, I say they're in pretty comfortably because I think the narrative that's been created now because of Houston helps them out, especially if they win those games, and then either play Houston competitively again or beat them at home. Uh, obviously, I think I think if they go 4-0 the rest of the way, it's it's a no-brainer. I think everyone would agree with that. But even if they go 3-1 and one over the next four and play competitively against Houston again, I, I, can't see, I can't see the committee leaving them out. For sure. Well, brother, appreciate it. You have a good rest of your day, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's Christian Fowler 
at C Fowler BCM on Twitter from Bluff City Media and does the On the Bluff podcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.